You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Psalm 19 and 14 is a prayer. It's obvious when you consider the verse that the writer was talking to his his God. And when we talk to God, we call it prayer. And talking to God is not like talking to a person because when you talk to a person, especially face to face, you you see him or her. Even when you talk to a person on the phone, uh, is is different because when when you talk to God, you, you're talking to someone that you have never seen before. But because of the relationship you have with him, though you have never seen him, he is the most important person in your life. That's amazing. You've never seen him, but he is the most important person in your life. I think I'm talking about y'all. I know I'm talking about myself, but, but but if I'm talking about you, just tell somebody... God is is. the most important person in my life. And and just be nosy real quick. Just ask him, is is he the most important person in your life? And see, the way you pray, pray reveals whether God is the most important person in your life. If you talk to God, but you don't really believe that what you've been talking to him about is going to manifest, God is not as important as you claim he is to you. If you can ask God to help you, but you don't get no help in two or three hours, and and then you say, well, I don't guess he want to help me. That means God is not the most important person in your life. Because if he is the most important person in your life, he can only be such if you respect him. If you trust him. Because if God is the most important person in your life, you understand about him that he can do anything, save, fail. Furthermore, you understand that he is not a liar. How many know God won't lie to you? God will do all that he promised. Or specifically, he will do exactly what he decreed directly and indirectly in his written and revealed word. 
He's going to do everything that he said. And that's the reason when it comes to my life, he is the most important person. I never take anybody's word as the final say except God. I'll listen to you, but, but I'm not going to believe that you have the final say until God tells me what you're saying is so. Why? Because he is the most important person in my life. If he is the most important person in your life, we can take it further. You're going to acknowledge him in all your ways. You're not just going to be a person that just does things just to be doing them. You're going to follow the guidelines of Proverbs 3. You're, you're going to trust him with all of your heart. You're not going to lean to your own understanding. And, and in everything that you think, say, and do, you're going to acknowledge him. You're going to acknowledge him. And so the psalmist was praying. And I think when it comes to prayer, one of the most Significant scriptures is Luke 18 and 1. What Jesus said to his disciples, you need to pray in order not to lose heart. Bottom line, if you don't pray, you're going to give up. If you don't pray, you're not going to trust me for your battle. If you don't pray, you won't believe that I'm going to heal you. If you don't pray, you're not going to look for a turnaround. But on the other hand, if you pray, you expected me to open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing you ain't going to have room to receive. If you pray, you are expecting me to do what the doctor said couldn't be done. If you pray. Pray. You are expecting me to do exactly what I promised I would do in Matthew 7, 7 and 8. What did he promise? Ask and it shall be given. Seek, you will find. Knock and it will be open. Who are you talking to? Verse 8. For everyone that asks, everyone that seeks, everyone that knocks. He's talking to us. God is no respecter of person. If you get to pray, you get to asking God's stuff according to his word, God will show up and show out. I said if you get to asking God things according to his word, he'll show up and show out. James so understood the power of prayer until he told brothers that was going through trials and tribulations, you have not. Why? Because you ask not. It's evident that you hadn't been praying the way you need to pray because you would have what you need if you had been asking. Why? Because God himself promised through the apostle Paul that he would supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. Look at your neighbor and say, I got some news for you. Our God is rich. And he just don't hoard his riches. He supplies the needs of the saints 
Again, Paul said, I got my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. But you got to ask. You got to ask. You can never stop praying because the day you stop praying is the day you become weak need. It's the day you start, you start talking like a sinner instead of a saint. The day you stop praying is the day you stop yielding yourself wholeheartedly to the will of God. When you stop praying, it's the day to where 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 is just a saying to you. What is 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, Pastor? All of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. But if you stop praying, it'll be just like a saying. Just something somebody is saying. And, and I'm going to tell y'all something. I don't want you to get offended, but I'm just going to have to tell you the truth. Some of you, when it, when it comes to God releasing the rhema word on Sunday sometimes, some of you look, look, when I'm looking at you, it's just like, it's just a saying to you. Yeah, it's just like, it, that's a saying. That ain't exciting me, that's a saying. But it's your rhema. He told me to give you this, and you just like, it's a saying, it's a saying. know the word is to live by yeah. who Jesus who did Jesus tell the word was for folks to live by the devil in Matthew 4 and 4 didn't he said hey devil man my children ain't gonna live by natural food alone they know they need the word of God so they gonna come get it cause they know they need to live by but when God sends you what I consider the most powerful gift you can receive, and you act like it means nothing to you. The word has become a saying to you. I mean, because Jeremiah, when he talked about the word, he, he talked like the word would be like firing you. That means there's going to be some type of excitement. There's going to be something going on with you if you truly receive the word. If you truly receive the word, it's going to be something going on with you to the point to where if you're like Jeremiah, you're not going to be able to hold your peace. You're going to have to talk about the word. If you truly believe that God answers prayer, you're going to be like the woman with the issue of blood. You're going to show up to the service. Looking for a miracle, looking for a healing, looking for God to do what your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, neither have entered into your heart. But you have to believe in prayer. Believe it and put it into action. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Say to your neighbor, don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop praying. He said, I can't pray no hour. It don't matter. Pray five minutes, but don't stop praying. Pray ten minutes, but don't stop praying. 
Well, don't we need to pray an hour? No, you need to pray according to the word. According to what's going on in your life. If it's going to take you an hour to talk about things to God, yeah, you need to pray an hour. But sometimes it's going to be a quick 30-second prayer. Because you need God to do something immediately. So the only thing you're going to say is, God, I need you now. I need you right now. And that's going to be your prayer. You don't put a limit on it. You just do it according to what's taking place in your life. Am I right? Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. And so he he was talking to the Lord and, and he wanted his prayer to be acceptable. He wanted it to be acceptable. I want this prayer to be acceptable. He wanted it to be pleasing to God, no doubt. But acceptable theologically means that he wanted to make sure what he was saying was in line with the written and revealed word of God. He, he wanted to make sure that what he was praying was in line with where he was in God. You know, you know sometimes God will have you going through trials. And even though you want your trial to end, you shouldn't pray that God take away the trial. Because you know God has put you in the trial for a reason. See, you got to know, you got to know what's happening in your life, where you are, according to the will of God. So when you do pray, you're going to pray the right way. See, if God tell me, Walker, I'm, I'm getting ready to let you suffer for six months. It ain't no need in me praying God take away the suffering. You know, I already told me, hey, for six months, Walker, you're going to be suffering. And so I'm going to pray accordingly. But on the other hand, if God has released a word telling me, Walker, battle getting ready to happen for you and it's getting ready to happen for you now. But then I have everything but better attacking my life. You know what I'm going to recognize? This ain't the will of God. This ain't what God been telling me. I got to get to praying. Because I got all of this stuff attacking me and God done told me better getting ready to happen. So the will of God is not taking place. Let me get to praying. And so I go to God and I say, God, I'm being attacked by this, that, and the other. But you say it. Better is here and better is coming. Lord, I know this stuff is not your will. So allow your better to take place. You want to make sure that your prayer is acceptable. And so you pray according to what God has been speaking in reference to your life. If he's been speaking, turn around. But you you seeing anything but a turn around. Get to praying and say, Lord, you said turn around. So talk to me because I don't see what I need to see or what you've been saying. Talk to me, Lord. Show me what's going on. 
That's what you pray. Because again, you want to make sure that what you're praying to God about is acceptable. And if it's acceptable, it needs to be according to his written and revealed will. And I should say as well as the season that we're in. How many understand? And so when it came to what he wanted to be acceptable according to the text, notice the first thing that he states. Let the words of my mouth. Be acceptable. That's the first thing. He wanted the words of his mouth to be acceptable. That's what he wanted. And when it comes to our words being acceptable, the reason it's important is because of what is stated in Proverbs 18 and 21. I normally quote it, but I want you to look at it. Let's go down. Proverbs 18 and 21. How many are received? All right. Proverbs 18, 21. Ready? Death and life are in the power of the Oh, Lord, have mercy. Death is in the power of the what? Life is in the power of the what? That means your life can, can be controlled by your what you say is weighty in reference to your life unless this verse is not true I'm going to believe the verse is true figuratively death represents ruin bad stuff happening to you so that means you can say stuff according to this verse That'll mess up your life. I'm going, but it ain't going to work out for me. Guess what? Ain't no need in making the trip. If this verse right. Death is in the. Death is in the power of the use. Of the tongue. I have to watch what I say. And and we know words are powerful. And and if you're a real sensitive person, they'll show no powerful. Because you can be thinking you just sharp before you leave the house. You don't put on that dress and you just sharp. And and then you get to church and somebody just say, some, some mean person talk about everybody just say to you, that's an ugly dress. And you sensitive and the whole day. Oh, Lord, I shouldn't have wore this dress. But you just looked in the mirror and talked about how nice you look. And now, because of somebody mean, they done told you it was ugly. You done changed your whole mindset about it. Now, watch this. We, uh, don't lie in church. Don't lie. I'm warning you before I even say what I'm going to say. How many have ever been guilty of that? Something similar to that. Yeah. And, and that lets you know that what folks say has weight. 
They can just say something that ain't even true, but it'll affect you. A person can, uh, just like, there are certain commercials that are designed to scare you. Certain things that that a doctor can say to you that that are designed to scare you. You could possibly have such and such. Really, dog? What is that? He doesn't say it possibly, but now you acting like you got it. And you were happy before you went to see him and you leaving the office with your head down. What's going on with you? Well, the doc said that words are powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Say to your neighbor, don't mess up your own self with your words. Woo, look at another person and say, don't you allow a person to mess you up with his or her words. Put your finger up in the doctor's office and walk out. If your cousin at the reunion talking bad, get your plate, lead, don't leave your plate at the table. Get your plate, leave the table and say, I got to go. Why sit around and listen to something that's going to mess you up? What if it's my boo? Go on top of your house if you're able. What the Bible says, it's better to be on top of the house hanging out on the roof in 90 degrees sun and to be in the den with a clamorous woman see I lost my women's section he got a lot of dirt See, I wasn't even talking about you. I was just saying, see how powerful words are? Some words are killer amen. Or holl- <laughs> but but notice, notice the latter part of Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he or she, help me. Who loves it shall what? Fruit is something that manifests. If you love it or the more you use it, the more what you say is going to manifest. If you're talking down about yourself, you're going to start to see your life become what you've been speaking. Because see, when 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 you start speaking it constantly, it says that it has gotten embedded in your heart. Jesus said in Luke 6 and 45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I start choosing what I say. 
Well, ain't no need in me going. Because church ain't helping me, so you won't go to church. Why? Because you've been talking, it ain't helping you, so you ain't going to go. Ain't no need in me trying to do no more. Then guess what? You're going to soon stop trying. Because you've been speaking it so much. It has become a part of your makeup. Because see, when, when it gets in your heart, it becomes cancerous to the point to where it starts to take over your whole being. Spirit, soul, and body. And that's a dangerous place to be in. And so the psalmist knew that, that, that I need to make sure that, that the words of my mouth are acceptable in your sight. Come tell you something about God. And I'm not going to the particular verses, but I, I would say to you that you need to look in the book of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, in reference to God getting fed up with the words of Israel. Specifically, he, he got fed up with them because they, they were constantly murmuring and complaining. And you know, is, is complaining something you need to do? Yeah. Because there's some folk that if they ain't doing right, you, you do need to complain about it. Right? If we got a maintenance man that ain't going to do right by keeping the church clean, we need to complain. Some of y'all who've been cooking me certain things, if you stop cooking, I, I need to complain. If, if, if Dennis C. said, you know what? That white chocolate ain't coming no more. Something wrong with you, Dennis C. I need to complain. He know what I'm talking about. I need to complain. But why would they complain to God who, who had it in his mind to bless them? God, God done freed them from, from bondage. Told them, I'm going to take you to a place you, you, you ain't seen nothing like it, flowing with milk and honey. And I'm going to give it to you. It ain't going to cost you a nickel. And, and they mumbled and complained, even though they were on their way to battle. On their way to battle. Still mumbling and complaining. You understand what I'm saying? And so, we need to be to the point to where, yeah, what, what we're saying is right, but we never need to get to the point to where we are saying stuff to God that's going to vex him. That's the reason when you talk to God, it's best to talk to him according to his written and revealed will, as well as the seasons that we're in. And when Moses, when, when Israel would complain, guess what Moses would do? He would go to God, but he would go to God according to what he had promised. He would always say, God, you promised such and such. 
He always stuck to the word. He made it his business to stick to the word. And that's what we need to do as children of God. We still understand it. So he wanted the words of his mouth to be acceptable in the sight of God. I want my words to be acceptable in church and outside of church. When everything is going well, as well as when chaos is taking place. Because how many know you have challenges in life? But then he took it further. He said, and I want the meditation of my heart to be acceptable. I want the meditation of my heart to be acceptable. The heart represents the choices, the mindset. The feelings, and we can go on with certain things that the heart means, but keep in mind the mindset, the feelings, and the choices. Let the meditation of my heart. Lord, when it comes to what I'm thinking about, what I'm feeling, and what I'm choosing to do, my plans, I want them to be acceptable. Lord, I, I don't want to focus on something that's going to make you upset. I, I don't want to get to feeling like you're not going to do what you promised you would do. And, and do you know you can get in that state? God done told you he was going to do something. But because it ain't happening on your timetable, you, you get to meditate on what is not happening instead of what God promised would happen. How many have ever been guilty? Don't embarrass yourself by putting up your hand, but you done already put them up now. So, <laughs> But anyway, I, I, I have been to the point to where God told me he was going to do something, but because it was not happening or it didn't happen on a certain amount of time, I started focusing on the bad Instead of the promise. You don't do that. Because when you do that, your meditation is not acceptable to God. Why? Because you're focusing more on what is not happening instead of what God promised. And we have to be careful because there are folks that they make it their business to try to make you focus on the present. Instead of what God promised. How many know what I'm talking about? And, and some of us, we, we come from families that are more about what is in front of them uh, or what they can see more so than what God said. You have to break away from that. You have to break away from it because that thing will cause you to get up under a curse. You hear me? So he wanted the meditation of his heart to be acceptable. Lord, this is my plan, but if this plan is not according to your will, tell me. I don't want to focus on this and it's not your will. I, I don't want to meditate on, on this, that, and the other and it's not your will. Lord, I don't want to be, I don't want to be meditating and I'm seeing myself in something that you don't want me in. 
Lord, I keep seeing myself with somebody, but if you don't want me with this person, Lord, help me to focus on what I need to focus on. Help me to meditate on what I need to meditate on. I'm in understanding. He wanted the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart to be acceptable. He wanted it to be right. Because he needed God to continue to be for him what he knew he was. See, see, see there are certain things that, that you as a child of God have to know about God to the point to where that's how you identify him from a personal standpoint. It's just like one thing I know about God, God will bless you. See, you can't tell me no different. See, you, you can talk all day long, but it's one thing I know from a personal standpoint, God will bless you. And you can't tell me no different. Your cousin can't tell me no different. I ain't smiling there. I'm serious. Your cousin can't tell me no different. Something else I know. God will heal you. You can't tell me no different. God will heal you after the doctor and, and everybody else have said she ain't going to make it. Something else I know about God. It ain't over until he says it's over. See, y'all clapping like you know that and can't nobody tell you no different. Now, I'm telling you my stuff. I don't know your, all your stuff. I'm telling you my stuff. I know God will bless you. Pastor, don't seem like I'm getting ahead. What's going on with me? Hey, I'm going to tell you something. God will bless you. That's what I'll be telling you. God will bless you. I don't care what you're looking at, what you think. God will bless you. Pastor, I'm getting weaker and weaker. You think God going to hear me? Look, you ain't going nowhere until it's time for you to go if you trust God. God himself said it's once appointed for a person to die. Did he tell you it was your appointment? If he didn't tell you it was your appointment, you ain't going nowhere. Unless you start tripping. See, it's certain things you have to know about God to the point to where that's how you identify him. It's just like I, I can say point blank about Elder Thomas. He know that God is a heal. He know that. He know God is a heal. I can say point blank about Deacon Holland. He knows that God will give you your heart's desire. And I know he'll get up and say, hey, God will give you your heart's desire. And you can't talk him out of that. You can't talk Elder Thomas out of that. Why? They know that. You can't talk Elder Freeman out of a testimony that God did only raise Lazarus from the dead because he raised him. I don't believe he raised Ella Freeman. I don't care what you don't believe, but you ain't going to talk Ella Freeman out of it. How many in here you know God to the point to where he, he is something personal to you? Let me see by a show of hands. If you don't have that, you need to get that. 
Because that's what the psalm has had as I get ready to close. That's what he had. He was to the point to where it, it was so personal to where he, he knew God, first of all, as his strength. You are my, you, you my strength. You know, the antithesis of strength is weakness. See, see, the psalmist seemingly knew what Paul knew. You know, in Philippians 4 and 13, Paul had this testimony. Y'all holding on? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ain't that powerful? But Paul, you ain't, you ain't even learned. But I can do it. No, that's not, that's not my profession, but I can do it. And you couldn't talk him out of that. Because Paul knew God as his strength. And see, that's what the psalmist was saying. Hey, you're my strength. You're my strength. And see, the psalmist who... This psalm is attributed to David. He knew God was his strength. Because see, David had defeated a giant with one stone. How you gonna hit a nine foot man with a I can hit you with a rock bigger than this and you won't die. Unless there's something wrong with you. Or you want to go out in the parking lot and see? Any volunteers? He hit Goliath with, y'all looking at my fingers? Something, something that small. With a handmade slingshot. Handmade. Wasn't real. Goliath had on had all this stuff. Goliath could have put up his hand. Because you know his hand was probably the size of my head. He could have put up his hand. He could have moved. But why did it hit him and hit him in the right place? God. Only thing, God. That was it. Bottom line, God did it. And so that's the reason David, even though they, they made a song about him, how he was killing folk. But David knew, yeah, y'all made a song about me, but it really wasn't me. It wasn't nobody but my God. And how many know folk can say, yeah, you know such and such, such about you, but bottom line, it wasn't nobody but God that made you look good. You ought to give your God the praise right now. Folk can talk about you, but it wasn't nobody but God that caused it to be the way it was. And so he knew God as his strength. And David, when, when David defeated Goliath, he was ready to fight anybody after that. 
even when he got older, he was ready to fight anybody simply because he knew God as his strength. And see, see, I, I got I got to leave it for a minute and just deal with us just for a minute. See, see, some of us. You're in a weak place right now. You ain't thinking, talking and doing right because you don't know God as your strength. See, the Bible says that the things that were written aforetime are in the past, especially the scripture. They were written for our learning. See, what God is trying to get us to understand is that like the psalmist and like Paul, because the time period between the psalmist and Paul, you got hundreds of years in between these two. But they had the same testimony. Reading they had the same testimony, they were serving the same God. A God according to Malachi 3 and 6 that changes not. A God according to Hebrews 13 and 8 that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, see some of you that's in a weak place right now. You need to take on God as the God of your strength. God, if you strengthened the psalmist, if you gave Paul the testimony that he could do all things because you gave him the strength, give me that strength too, Lord. Pastor say you ain't no respect a person. He done brought it out. Give me that strength right now, Lord. Lord, I don't need to leave this service in a weak place. I need you to endow me right now with your strength. Lift your hands right now and just receive that God endowing you if you're in a weak place right now with some strength. Lord, you caused me to pause the service and deal with this for a minute. Release your doodlemus right now. Release your strength right now. Release your doodlemus, your exousia right now. In the name of Jesus. Whatever you're going through. Whatever has been taking place, whatever your face, strength to deal with it. Whether you need physical, mental, emotional, or whatever type strength is so right now in the name of Jesus. Now give God the praise for receiving. Give God the praise right now. Got to move on, but look at somebody and say, walk in what God just gave you. Walk in that strength. Walk in that deutimus. The final thing that the psalmist revealed God as from a personal standpoint, get this, is his redeemer. My redeemer. My redeemer. The root meaning of redeem is to buy back. Now you got to get the portrait. The portrait is this right here. You're in a place to where seemingly you're owned by somebody other than God. 
Now, most of the time, folks just use it from a sinner's standpoint to where the devil is owning a sinner. And it took God giving his life in order to buy us back. But see, when, when David penned this, God was already his, his savior. He already had that personal relationship with him. But, but see, that, that, there are some times to where either a thing or a person is controlling or possessing us to the point to where we're powerless. And it takes our redeemer. In order to pull us out of what is seemingly controlling us or holding us down. That's the reason Job, who the Bible calls an upright man. When he felt like something was possessing or controlling him, he stood flat footed and and said in front of his friends, I know my redeemer lives. Job said, I know he's going to get me back. I, I know I'm in a place where th- this ain't my final place right here. God going to redeem me. And see, you have to look at yourself and, and say, you know what? I, I'm in a place to where I really don't want to be right now. But my redeemer, lives. he's going to get me out of this place. I'm going through it right now, but I ain't going to stay in this trying place. My redeemer going to get me out of this place. Say to your neighbor, he's called the redeemer because he's willing to do what it takes to get you in the place that you need to be. to know you you can mess yourself up and get in a place that to where only God is the one that can bring you out of that place shout at somebody prepare your redeemer is on the way doesn't matter what type situation you're in your redeemer getting ready to buy you back getting ready to bring you out of the predicament that you're in man it's amazing because when Job decreed I know my redeemer lives the next thing you know God done stepped up and said Job I'm here and all I need you to do is pray for your friends because I'm getting ready to turn this thing completely around so turned Job's life around he so redeemed Job to when folk came to see Job they knew God had blessed them to the point to where they said I gotta sow into this blessing they started dropping gold coins on Job because they knew that the redeeming power of God had transformed his life for the better get ready God gonna transform your situation gonna transform your life for the better to the point to where folks gonna know that it wasn't nobody but your Jesus that did it 
You receive it. Shout at somebody. I receive it. My Redeemer lives. Now let's give God a big hand of praise. I'm done. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.